teenage mother. The Christmas story is full of people that you would just otherwise look right over and forget. And then we come to Joseph. I don't know if there's anybody in the Christmas story who is more forgotten or maybe forgettable than Joseph. Was he an old man? We know he was a carpenter, and again, carpentry was just not that big of a deal then, much less now for us. And what happens to him later on? We see him here, and we see him about 12 years later in, in uh, Jesus' life, and then he just disappears. We don't even know what happens to him. So I want to look at this idea of the forgotten people and the forgotten things at Christmas as we talk about Joseph. So this is Matthew chapter 1. Many of you are familiar with this. It says, Now this is the birth of Jesus Christ, and it was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed or engaged to Jesus or to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man, not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord came to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who's been conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel, Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this uh, took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall, be, uh, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did just as the angel of the Lord commanded him, took Mary as his wife, kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and they called his name Jesus. So Joseph gets this vision from an angel, and what does he do? He obeys. And I would say he obeys with kind of a crazy obedience, a crazy obedience to the Lord. Joseph trusts God and the word of God like I only wish I could trust. And he's trusting God with something a lot bigger than the things I struggle to trust God with. God's never come to me and said, hey, by the way, I'm going to put a baby in your, miraculously in your wife's belly. That was the message that Joseph heard, and he obeyed and did what God told him to do. Joseph obeyed God. What happens when Joseph obeys? I don't think that what Joseph did caused the Christmas story, but it was absolutely necessary for the Christmas story. Joseph obeying and doing what God told him to do was necessary for the things that came next. So Joseph obeys, Jesus is born, and what does God do when Joseph says, God, I'll do this your way. I have heard you, you've spoken to me, and I will obey you. What does God do? Well, obviously he sends the baby Jesus. What does that mean for us? It means Jesus sits on the throne of our hearts. Joseph is like most of us, most men, and we are self-proclaimed kings. We think we are the controller of our destinies. We are in charge. We really do live by the motto, because I said so. I have decided this. I have decreed this. This is what my life is going to be like. This is the path I'm going to go down. And this little baby in a manger takes center stage, not just of Joseph's story, but of our stories. And he doesn't just take Joseph's place as the center of his life. He becomes the centerpiece of Joseph's choices. Joseph's thinking, man, God, I, I've, I've got another way. I've already chosen the way that I want my life to go. I, I have a better way that I want to go. But Jesus comes and reminds him, Joseph, you're not the king. That baby is. Joseph obeyed, and Jesus sits on the throne of our hearts. Joseph obeys, and Jesus brings a big God's full power to small people's problems. 
Can you imagine what was going on in Joseph's head? Man, I have saved up my whole life for this. This is what I've been aiming my life toward, to, to be married and to have a family, but not like this. This is not at all what I want life to be like. What will my neighbors think? What will my family think? How am I going to explain this? How can I keep me safe? What about this child? Is he ever going to look at me like his dad? Will he ever relate to me like I'm his father? There is no way for me to figure this out. This is too big. I can't work this out on my own. Jesus brings a God who is so big that he can save the world through a little baby born in a straw, a straw bed who can't control his bladder or feed himself and he's totally dependent on a teenaged mom. This is not a small God. Jesus shows us that God is so big that he can be small enough to come into Joseph's problems and to come into your problems and solve them in ways that we can't imagine. Joseph obeys and Jesus comes to bring God's full power onto our small problems. Joseph obeys and Jesus makes God reachable. Most people who were alive at that time, at that first Christmas, when they thought about meeting with God, they would not have excited them. When they thought about this idea that I'm going to have a meeting face-to-face -face with God, it would have been terrifying. Fear would have been a major motivator or a major deterrent when people thought about God. It's kind of like the video that we saw earlier. They would think about God and they would think, well, that means there's going to be fire on a mountain. It's going to be horrible and intimidating. And, and when I meet with God, I'm going to walk away with a limp and he's going to come in a whirlwind and I'm going to get swallowed by a fish and there's going to be earthquakes and darkness. When they thought about meeting with God, they built God a separate building and inside that building, they built God a separate house and inside that house, they built God a separate room. And the only person that could go in there was one time a year. And even he was afraid that he would come out dead. When they thought about meeting with God, it was a terrifying idea. Joseph was a good Jewish man, and he knew all of that. He knew that God was not to be trifled with. Much less this idea that you would desire to be close to God. We call this the incarnation, which means God in the flesh. Or we talk about the condescension of God, which means God comes down to us. God, knowing that we were afraid, knowing that in the Old Testament and time passed up to that point that we had never understood God's love. We never understood his mercy. We never understood his grace. God knew that we were struggling to be our best so that maybe somehow, someday, we could claw our way up to God. God came down to us in this tiny, non-threatening baby to be near us so that we would see his love and his beauty and his power and we would not be afraid of him so that we would draw near to God. Joseph obeyed God and Jesus came and makes God reachable. Joseph obeyed, Jesus was born and it means that God relates most closely to us when we don't have anything and we know that we don't have anything. We often think that our brokenness and our sin should be something that we should be ashamed of, something to hide and gloss over with pretty Instagram pics and best of the internet Facebook posts. I want you to remember Joseph, a man who was looking forward to a new life, the best life that he could imagine, 
marital bliss, and he just has his world shattered with an unexpected pregnancy, a terrifying vision from an angel, and the fears of an unknown future. This is who God chose to came to. This is when God chose to come. God chose his entrance into our world, and he chose to come without power, without a home, without a claim, with no wealth, with no position. God identifies with us. He prefers to come to us when we recognize that we most need him. Not when we're fat and happy and proud and self-sufficient and satisfied. God gets acclaim and joy when he comes to our most broken moments in life and we abandon ourselves to the promises of Jesus like Joseph did. So maybe this Christmas or 2019 that's closing out or coming up in 2020, you're kind of minding your own business. You're trying to be a good person and you're trying to know God and follow God and this boom, all of a sudden, God tells you to do something. He reveals something to you about Jesus or living like Jesus or telling others about Jesus. And you're like, wow, okay, God, I, I didn't expect that and I wasn't looking for that. I didn't see that coming. I have some questions, but okay, I'll do it your way. I'll do what you want. I'll obey. And then like Joseph, you're nine months down the road and you're trying to obey and you're headed into just more and more detours and unknowns and completely undesirable circumstances. And now when you're at that point, you're like, God, where are you? Was that really you? Did I really hear you? Could you maybe just say it to me again? You know, an angel choir right now would be great. I could really use you saying this to me again. Listen, if God has spoken to you, if he has given you some instructions, if he's told you something about Jesus, I would just encourage you, crazy obey like Joseph did. Crazy obey God the way that Joseph did. You will come to know God through Jesus like you never have before. You'll know Jesus is the king of your life. You'll know God's power is big enough for your small problems. God will be reachable, and God will be closest to you when you come to him with nothing but broken obedience. All of us have been where Joseph was, I think. We have that glory moment, and the angel comes, and he speaks to us, and we're like, yes, I can, I can obey this, I can do this, and then we find ourselves in the doubt of Bethlehem at a stable. God says, do this, and go this way, but it makes no sense. And now you're wondering if you were hallucinating and you're doubting that it was God in the first place. Believe in Jesus. This little baby who would be a perfect man, who would be a crucified man, who would be a resurrected man. Believe in this Jesus. And some of you are sitting here and you're like, dude, it is 2020. I am educated and I am worldly and I am knowledgeable and you're asking me to believe in this little baby Jesus story? Absolutely. Absolutely receive the word of God about Jesus. He is the light of the world. He is the savior of the world. He is God come down to us. Some of you are going to face surgeries and illnesses and financial ruin and no clear path forward and rebellious children and maybe a wandering spouse. And listen, I want to tell you, God has spoken into all of those things. There's a way to go and it's his way. Will you believe and obey even when everything goes sideways like Joseph did.
So what do we do when we're like Joseph and we don't know what to do? We remember God's words and we do it. Christmas is God coming to us in Jesus Christ. And Joseph, he was the first person, he's the first example of obeying God when he was told something about Jesus and to obey God's word because of Jesus Christ. He's a great example for us. What are we challenged to believe about Jesus? This same little baby, we love the Christmas story, then we wrestle with the rest of it, don't we? This same little baby is going to grow up and he's going to say things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. I am the light, and if you believe in me, you will never be left in the darkness. The Bible will say about him, whoever believes in him will be the children of God. Jesus will say to his followers, if you believe in me, you'll obey me. We are challenged to believe and obey Jesus Christ. So here's what I would say. Merry Christmas to all the Josephs in the crowd here today. You're at some crossroads, and you're thinking, why God? Why me? Why now? Why this pain? Can this be the right way? What do I do? How do I keep on going? And listen, I want to challenge you. You have this chance, this opportunity at this fork in the road to obey and trust in Jesus Christ. Maybe for salvation. Maybe that's what you're being hit with right now. God's telling you something about Jesus to follow him to salvation. And maybe it's to direct your steps every day. I want you to think about Joseph and he said, yes, God, when the angel came, and then he walks nine months, and it goes all upside down and wonky. It just goes a completely different direction. And his wife is giving birth in an animal stall. He's like, God, is this, can this possibly be what you told me to do? And he hears that little baby cry out, and it becomes clear to him again. God really is with us. This is God's way. God can be trusted to do exactly what he said he will do to save our souls and to guide us all the way through this life past death into what's next. He's reminded of that at Christmas and we should be too. Don't live a cautious, careful, comfortable faith. It's boring and it's powerless and ultimately it leads you away from God, not closer to him. Listen to God's dreams for us loving people with all of our hearts, reaching our neighbors and our community and the world with the love of God and Jesus Christ. God's big dreams of bringing Jesus to everyone who is hurting, everyone who is wandering, lost, liberal, conservative, Anglo-American, African-American, Canadian-American, Mexican, whatever, rich, poor, educated, worldwide, successful, still calling up the ladder. God's dream is that we would stand with Jesus and take the hope and the light of the world to everyone. Let's live up to God's dreams like Joseph did. And let's stand next to Jesus and let's trust him the way Joseph did. So tonight we remember the forgotten story of, G of Joseph. And again, I say Merry Christmas. Just like Joseph, man, let's receive God's word and let's trust that Jesus is God's way for us every day of our lives. We're going to end our time today with the candle lighting. Our kids, when they came in, got a bag and there's a glow stick